Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. I feel like I feel like Matt and I have had multiple conversations over the past few weeks about how like modern and performance art is stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's you're correct. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Like, sorry if we're alienating our audience or whatever. <laughs> like, Jackson Pollock, fuck that guy. Like, for real, fuck that guy. Like, listen, you go to art school and you have to fucking work at your craft really, really hard mm-hmm. to get good. It's a lot of hours you put in. For some motherfucker to come by and be like, I splatter paint on a canvas on the floor. Like, hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> That's like, oh, there's this post the other day that drove me up the wall of this woman who does paintings for rich people where she just takes a mop, dips it in a bucket of paint, and just does like a single swirl circle on a canvas. And people pay a fuck ton of money for their rich houses to put these mop paintings up. Oh my god. It's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, and whoever did that thing with the banana, where they like duct taped the banana to the wall or whatever. <sighs> like, fuck you. Fuck you. So Matt really hates um, Chihuly and who's that like really famous like glass sculptor and he does all those kind of like swirly glass things and he like puts them together to make like sun sculptures and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like that's like Matt's least favorite artist ever and we were talking about that. That's such a good story for him. Oh really? Sorry, continue and then I'll tell you the story okay. that you have to tell Matt. Okay, so we were walking one night and we were talking about like modern art and how it sucks and- I was I was ranting about Jackson Pollock and he's like, wow, I think you hate Jackson Pollock more than I hate Chihuly. And I was like, listen, I went to art school. I had to pay money to learn about Jackson Pollock. So I'm like slightly more bitter than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was a financial error. <laughs> yes. I'm still paying back the knowledge that I gained of Jackson Pollock. <laughs> I'm still paying off those shitty science classes we had to take. Oh, God. Okay, tell me your Chihuly story. Okay, so one time I was at the Sofa Show in Chicago, and you know what that one is, right? The, like, uh, the, like, sculpture art show? Okay. So, whatever. It's it's an, it's on the Navy Pier. People pay a bunch of money to put sculptures and stuff there. It okay. smells super weird when you walk in, so you know it's an art gallery. <laughs> okay. And... I was there one time and I kept joking with like whoever I was there with. It was like a school trip or something. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if somebody broke one of these things? Blah, blah, blah. There was those sun sculpture, like glass blown sun sculpture things there. (laughs) And somebody knocked over like an (gasps) $18,000 one. And you just heard it reverberate across the whole gallery as it shattered on the floor. Oh, my God. Dead silence. (laughs) (laughs) So, Matt will be pleased to know that at least one of those has been destroyed in this world in my presence. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh shit. Oh no, did the person have to buy it? They did, yeah. Oh my yes, god! 
<laughs> that fucking sucks. It super fucking sucks because like then it's like you've bought a thing, but it, it's use like you. It's not like yeah. art that like you can sell later on, right? Yeah. It's like you've paid for your mistake of bumping into it. Now, I doubt they had to pay the whole price. It was probably just like a premium and then the insurance covered the rest. Mm-hmm. But like, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. They should have knocked it over. And then when everybody turned to look at them, you should have been like, Run. this is my art. And it's a commentary <laughs> on, on the exploitation of artists. And yeah. It just like turned it into fucking performance art. And then everyone would have been like, <gasps> brilliant, magnificent. And then you would have been the next big artist. <laughs> they would have all clapped politely. Golf claps. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, inspired, yes. Atherton. Oh, smashing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Shit. It was... I've never, like... In all my years that I've broken things and knocked things over, I've never felt as horrified <laughs> as I did when there was glass shattering at a sculpture show. Oh, my God. Uh, they clearly should have protected that sculpture better. Put up some fucking ropes or some shit. That's the thing. Like, so much of this show is, like, so you can get really close to it. And I think that's mm. part of the show is, like, it's it's so you can really, like, look at everything, like, in super detail, super close. It's a really expensive show to get into as well. Like, I feel like tickets are between, like, 30 and 50 bucks. Like, wow. it's not a cheap one. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's weird. And it's not it's all like kind of bigger stuff too. Like there's very few like little things to look at. So it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Big sculptures only. Yeah, like they they all have like a big space to fill up and so everybody brings these giant things. And I just remember like thinking that so much of it was like really cool but like what would you ever do with this like you it's not stuff you buy for your house you know like i don't know not that i buy art for my house really anyways (laughs) but still if i did yeah if i decorated with anything but toy dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like honestly just like speaking of decorating houses like i never really got into i mean a little bit but i haven't really gotten into like the whole like going to like an anime convention and buying a print of mm-hmm. a character to put up on my wall. And like I say that now and I've got like fucking Mad Max Fury Road fan art all over this fucking room. But like <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, more, lately I've been kind of more into the idea of just getting something like less contextual, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like, and, like, the idea of, like, selling, like, prints of my own characters at conventions, it's like, well, if people don't read my comic, they're not gonna know what the fuck this is. Like, no one would ever buy this. So, I don't know. Uh, That's, like, way off topic, but I don't know. No, that's, I mean, yeah, because I, for you, I mean, I would, I would be selling, like, just little, like, chapter booklets. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, for five bucks or whatever. I mean, I don't know how much it would cost to print it, so I shouldn't say that, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I would, like, print out just, like, chapter booklets. Be like, here's chapter one. Have a tiny comic book of it. Enjoy. Yeah. Like, if somebody... Like, people sell prints of, like, their comic characters all the time. And it's like, you either buy this because, like, you like the art, you have read the comic, and you like the character, or that's it. Like, it's pretty. Like, (laughs) the end. Like, I don't... Like, I don't... I don't know. 
But like your average, I feel like your average like boring person would not. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's like occasionally people are like, oh, are you selling prints of your elements? And I'm just kind of like, why would you want that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the elements for sure, though, people want like people want prints of all of But those. just like one print of like hydrogen. Like, I don't. It's their favorite fucking element. <laughs> so yeah, art. So. Yeah. Animorphs. Uh-huh. The TV show. Uh-huh. What did we think of this episode? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. My very first thought of this episode was, eh, great, we don't have to talk for five minutes about what happens before the opening credits because it's just a recap. And that was pretty much the highlight of it. It was downhill from there. Oh, yeah, that was a really long recap. It was a super fucking long recap. Although, okay, I say it's downhill from there, but there was like two or three things that I was absolutely delighted by in this episode. Like very small details that just like hit me Uh in the right way. Okay, yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about those. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Man, and there's like... A couple particular scenes later that I, the only thing I could think of was, like, Jeff must be fucking screaming at his television right now. Because <laughs> I was also I just... screaming. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I just didn't understand, like, so, like, the props department, <laughs> like, I don't understand. I... Like what is what is the budget and who's in charge of spending it and like can I pick their brains for a little bit? <laughs> I honestly think they just had a deal with electronics recycling. Like yeah, like most of the tech shit they get is very recognizably like electronics that existed in the nineties and they obtained them somehow. Like. The entire navigation system was a straight-up sound mixing board. Yeah. They didn't even change it. Yeah. They had, like, they had, like, the aux buttons and shit, like. There was the fucking, the the, volume button or whatever that they did. They're just like, yeah, spin it. Yeah. Like, they didn't even bother, like, trying to, like, relabel it or anything. They were just, like, straight up, take a mixing board. And, and, like. This could be something where it's so easy to be like, okay, it's like alien tech. So like, take like that, take the the um the different like level setting levers, and like make something insane and just fit it over. Like if you pull the button off the top and it's just that like little metal rod, yeah. Like make something that slides over top of it but looks absolutely insane and like spray paint that like really like from like, really far away and make it super spitty so it looks, like, really, like, rusted and, like, crazy. And, like, maybe, like, smash in one side and make it look, like, kind of, like, it's, like, crumpled in on it. Like, do something. Instead, they just threw down a sound mixing board and said, that's it. Like, we did it. And it's like, like, no, you didn't do jack shit. The fact that my high school theater tech crew could make better shit than, than the fucking... Nickelodeon sponsored Animorph show is just astounding to me. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like apparently a thread on on Twitter about the show going around right now that Michael Ooh. Grant was commenting on. <laughs> and he was just talking about the disc, like how it was so fucking stupid. And they kept saying like, don't do that. Don't make the disc. They, like, there's so much other plot. Like, don't make this all about the disc. And like, he's right. And like, why is the disc such a big thing? We still don't really like, we know it's his Herrick the Less, but like, it doesn't. Yeah. Matter. Like, none of this matters. <sighs> it's just, it's nuts. It's just nuts. It is. And in terms of the disc, like, if it came back later in, like, the second season to be, like, really, really significant, I think I would be a little bit more forgiving. But I'm guessing it does not come back in a major way. Like, I don't, it's, uh, I just don't know. I, like, I don't understand why, like, like, for me, it almost, like, didn't make sense. It made the plot make less sense. Because the whole thing was, they did the whole thing to detect morphing signatures. Mm-hmm. They get the morphing signatures. They capture them. They get them onto the ship. They escape. Like, why all of a sudden is it, like, don't blow up the ship that's going away because we need... That could, like, contain the Andalite that, like, opens the disc. And it was, like, no. Like, what if you just don't blow up the ship that's going away because... They boosted out of the range in time, like too fast. Or, like, what if it was like, well, you thought they had blah, blah, blah. Like, there's so many other bullshit reasons. Or just have them blast away from the ship. Don't even have the conversation about shooting them. Yeah. And, like, we don't even know that your ship is weaponized until you say that. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't. I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't. Man, just... Uh... And I honestly think to date that these are... This episode in particular had the worst action sequences of any we've seen so far. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know that all of the actors on Doctor Who complain about how much they had to run. But, like, could we please see one clip of somebody running that looks like they're actually not just out jogging in the park on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. So, anyways, that's just a collection of my thoughts on this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, like, at this point, I'm just, like, the only reason that I'm happy that this show exists is because it was a real jumping off point for the actors, like. For their careers. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, it just didn't fucking need to exist. And I Paulo delighted me. Yes, like I and I've said this in like pretty much every episode we reviewed, but like the actors are the only good thing about yes. this fucking show. But like I agree. Paulo did delight me. Paulo delighted me, so oh my god, I don't want to ruin it, but there's the one line about the buttons was just like I <laughs> yes. buttons so hard. <laughs> That's a great second, but yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. And speaking of Apollo and space things in general, <laughs> we started watching The Expanse, which is probably one of Matt's favorite show, if not his favorite like space show, like sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. And Apollo is in it. It was just so jarring seeing like the space scenes in this episode versus the space scenes in the expanse. Like in the expanse, when they 
um, when they have to move the ship like really, really quickly, if they have to like zoom off or change direction or something, they strap everybody into the chairs and they like insert this like drug into their system that like basically like won't cause them to be crushed to death by the by the velocity. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like really really kind of like much harder sci-fi so like in this show when marco and jake are just like standing in front of the console and then they like faster than light speed out of the fucking cockpit like fucking harrison ford i was just like what yeah <laughs> what the fuck? Like, even maybe not as much in space but like even in the animorphs books that like not so much like the drugs to combat the velocity thing because they slip into like they almost do like a wrinkle in time kind of mm-hmm. thing where they slip into do space, space. Yeah. but um like when they're flying and like their ship is moving over the earth when they're in atmosphere like they're crashing around the ship and tumbling yeah around. so like i don't i don't know man i don't know man it's just a bird okay let us begin the synopsis. let's commence and start screaming Okay, so, yes, this is the leader, part two. Um, Yes, we get that five-minute recap. It's boring, blah, blah, blah. Um, So long. It's so long. It did not need to be that long. Or maybe the original episode should have been that short. (laughs) (laughs) Snap. Sick bird. (laughs) So we start, we're back on the York ship. We are staring at Visor 1, Marco's mom. And Marco's like, they've got my mom. She's not dead. She's not dead, Jake. And Jake's like, that's not your mom. She's under your control. Don't do anything stupid. And he's trying to talk Marco down. Marco, like, glares at him and basically says, fuck you, and starts jumping up to, like, say something. And then Jake has clearly anticipated this and grabs him and pulls him back down. What did he just fucking say, Marco? For real, what did he just fucking say, Marco? <sighs> like, I... In the book, like, I was thinking about this. Like, in the book, when um, Marco's dad gets taken and he's, like, watching from outside and he's like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to let this happen. I need to just, like, not do anything. And then he unconsciously morphs a gorilla and he's like, well, I guess I'm punching the window now. Like, I loved that. But, like, in this one, it just, yeah. like, I really wanted him to not do that and just, like, sit there in shock. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. So the other fucking dumb thing that happens with that is caused by this is that we, the audience, are led to believe that everybody just saw the kids because both of the visors perked up and Marco has made this huge commotion and the camera fast zooms in on, on the boys in their clearly visible hiding place and Visor 1 then screams, Andalites! So, like, we think that the jig is up and they just got caught. But yeah. but then Patrick Gallagher walks in and Visor One is like, "Where are the Andalites?" And they were trying to go for a fake out. I'm pretty sure, but I feel like I was tricked and I didn't like it. So what you're saying is their fake out worked and you didn't like it? I, I like the way that they filmed it made us believe that they got caught, but then yeah. they just like backtracked on that. Yeah. And it made them look stupid, but it made me feel bad about myself because they, like, film rules indicate that, like, this should have led to them being captured. But because the TV show is so bad, they just, like, retconned it. I don't know. I yeah. just hated it. That's fair. I I hated most of this. Episode, <laughs> so that's fair. 
Then uh, we get this like fucking scene where Patrick Gallagher is trying to tell them what happened to the Andalites. And Vizzer 1's like, where are the Andalite Bandalites? And Vizzer 3's like, yeah, where are the Andalite Bandalites? And Vizzer 1's like, yeah, where are the Andalite Bandalites? And I'm just like, you guys, calm the fuck down. Jesus. Oh my god. Like, I I know that they were trying to play up that rivalry. But yeah. But just, they, they did it so badly. Like, the dialogue was so shit, except for the one scene they have later where it's like a one-on-one mm-hmm. conversation. Even then it wasn't good. Yeah. But that was, like, the only time it made sense. Like, yeah. For this opening part, it was literally exactly like you said. It's like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Yeah. I said it first. No, I said it first. Yeah. Like, Fuck you. Shut up. God. Uh... Oh, God. Yeah. It's frustrating. Um, So, Patrick Gallagher eventually gets a word in edgewise and says that they've escaped. Vizzer 3 throws a fucking hissy fit and sends everybody off to go find them. Um, and then the room is empty of everyone but the Vizzers, and Jake and Marco kind of, like, rise up from their hiding place, and they're talking, like, we gotta get out of here, what do we do? And Marco's just, like, fixated on his mom. Jake's like, don't be a fucking idiot, Marco. And Marco's like, yeah, whatever, dad. <laughs> and this whole time, the Vizzers are just standing there quietly. Yeah. Reason. Yeah, so that fucking Jake and Mark can have their stupid conversation. I wish the visitors would have started talking right away and we ca- we got some yeah. of their conversation. And then we cut to Jake and Marco having their own quiet conversation, but we could still, like, kind of hear the visitors talking. Yeah, but, like, instead it was, like, they stood there. Qu- and they even do, like, a a high camera shot looking down where it's just the visitors standing there awkwardly saying nothing, which made it even worse and then, like, you can hear the boys talking, and, I like, it's it's kind of implied that they're whisper-talking, mm-hmm. but you can hear it echoing around the room that they're talking Yeah. Like, like you have yeah. microphones. You can pick up whispers. Yeah. Like, this isn't a fucking stage show. Like, if if this were a stage show, you could have the visitors over here. They could be pantomiming, talking to each other, and then you could, like, light Jake and Marco having their conversation and like you could stage it that way but like this is a tv show you don't have to do that yeah like even like instead of doing that high shot of the visitors like looking down if they had done the same shot they did before from behind jake and marco talking so you could see the boys and then have the yeah exactly like you said the visitors talking behind them like we saw that shot earlier, so it wasn't impossible to do it. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand the choice to do this high shot of them not looking at each other, not saying anything. Yeah. And then, and then, there's another shot where Visor One walks forward, and we get a camera shot of her from behind, and you can clearly see the boys, like, five feet away, poking their heads up from behind the, the crate or whatever, and she can clearly see them. But she's acting like she can't. Yeah, I I didn't get, like, and it's so clear. And it's not even, like, God, if they had just, like, dimmed the backlights on them so that you, mm-hmm. the audience, us, could see them pop up, but it was in shadow, yeah. we could assume, like, okay, maybe she missed it. But they full lit both stages. Yes, like, they did. What the fuck? <sighs> oh. it's, it's like... How do you get a film crew that's, like, this incompetent in a tight space shot like that? Okay, like, listen, I'm, I feel like even though I've ranted, I really have given them, like, 
Animals are hard to work with. Outdoor shots are unpredictable. Blah, blah, blah. This is one of the few times that you have a completely controlled, completely man-made environment with no animals at all in the shot. Yeah. And, like, you still fuck it up. And, like, you didn't even have to build anything in this room particularly well because the lights should have been dimmed. Like, the Mm -hmm. hallway scene later where they built the hallway with all the crap hanging down, that looked badass because it was cobbled together, it was supposed to look dingy, and then they turned the lights down. Yeah, It's like, you could have done the same thing in this, like, weird meeting bay that you have. Just turn the fucking lights down. Yeah. That's all they had to do to improve the quality of this shot, of this whole scene. Yeah. Turn the lights down. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's like I was I was just like sitting there thinking, like, okay, like why would they have a shot of Visor One from behind where she can clearly see the boys? And it's like, maybe it's so that the audience can see that they're there, but we you can do that in other ways. You can have like a quick shot of them behind the crate as she's talking. Like there's but- so many other ways to do that. Even if she's it, do the exact same setup for the yeah. scene, but film it with the boys above the crate and her just looking a different direction instead of directly at their yeah, hiding spot. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all you had yeah. to do. Oh, my God. <sighs> or even she's looking towards the camera or towards the left of the camera while the boys are up behind her. Like, yeah. the choice to have her look directly at them just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's so... I They just they just didn't give a shit like when they making didn't. the show. They did not give a shit. Like somebody probably pointed out like, "Oh, like this isn't a great shot cuz she can clearly see them." Or maybe the actress herself was like, "Oh, am I supposed to be like looking directly at these boys?" And they were like, "Eh, just just go for it. We only have like 2 hours to shoot this." Like they just didn't care. Yeah. Like restrictions aside, they just didn't care. They truly did not give a shit. And like, this is like, this is one of the most obvious places, I think, in this episode where they really show that. Like, there's definitely a lot of places where it's like, it's shitty. And then there's like, inexplicably okay choices made. And I just, again, I don't get the quality issues. Like, (laughs) how they're so, it, it variates. I don't even know if that's a word. There's so much variation. Yeah. And I just don't get why. Yeah. Like, who Was there nobody that was like overseeing the whole of the project, even per episode? Like if maybe the episodes fluctuated, it would be like, okay, maybe they had different guys working on it. But in the same episode, the quality fluctuates so much mm-hmm. and I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't get it at all. Oh God. Like production wise, I just, I don't understand. It's astounding. It is astounding. It's baffling. It's confusing. It's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh. And, like, the actors, like, at this point, like, everybody who's talking, like, Visor 1, Visor 3, nobody's doing really bad acting. It's just, there's choices being made that are, that just don't make any sense. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, anything else I have to say about this is just rehashing the feelings that I've had in 
many, many, many episodes before this. <laughs> like, I just, uh, it's just yeah. so, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not great. It all sucks. Nope. Um, so, Visor 1 somehow doesn't see the boys. She tells Visor 3 he's a fuck up and the council is unhappy. Visor 3 is like, I shall prevail. And she's like, you fuck up again and I'm taking over. She leaves. Visor 3 yep. follows shortly thereafter. And Jake and Marco get out the same way they came in. Um, yep. And now we are back at the Eggs Tower with Rachel and Cassie. <laughs> they are crawling through the vents. Uh, they reach an intersection with a bunch of vents kind of converging together. And there's just like this little room that they could sit in. <laughs> when I saw Rachel crawling out of the vent, I couldn't help but think about that horse lady. Oh my God. No. <laughs> she, just, no. she had the hair and she was just like crawling. <laughs> and at some point, like her, her, um, like the floor lowered a little bit. So she put her hands down so that her butt was up in the air. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's the horse lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from with that. And for the audience that doesn't know, there's a video of a lady in, like, Norway, and she runs around on all fours like a horse and jumps over things. And it was a lot. Um, Rachel says, I think the Kandroner is this way, I remember. And Cassie says, boy, I wish I could morph a mouse and smell our way back. And it's like, dude, Rachel said she remembered the way. Like, why was that necessary? Um, Yeah. Although I did, like... The explanation after that where they're like, because we don't know where that morphing detector is. And like, mm -hmm. that was like, okay, that's kind of smart. Like, that's actually like a decent plot point. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, that's a that's an okay way to let the audience know that like, this is still a rule in play and we can't morph and we have to figure out how to do it without morphing. Right. And also kind of smart for like budget constraints too, mm -hmm. like. Here's why we don't, we can't go animal, like, that, and, like, let them continue, like, that, this is what I'm talking about, like, yeah. that was a perfectly fine plot point. Yeah, yep, that was a fine so solution. what the fuck yep. was everything else? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, Rachel consoles Cassie, who looks bummed about the boys, and... She's like, we're going to get them back. And Cassie's like, you sound like Jake. And Rachel says, if you tell me I look like him too, you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. And then they laugh and share kind of a friend moment. Um, mm -hmm. uh, da -da -da -da. Cassie's like, I wonder where the boys are. Rachel looks sad. And then Cassie consoles Rachel and says they're going to rescue them. And then they continue on their way through the vents. Um, you know, Another okay thing about this show is that Cassie and Rachel get paired up a lot and they go on a lot of adventures yeah. together and I do like that. I love that. Honestly, one of one of the best things about this yeah, show. Yeah, because that's something we had mentioned in the books that we wanted them to be paired up more often and feel the friendship. Yeah, yeah. And even like, I, I don't complain anywhere near as much about like Marco and Jake and their friendship, but I appreciate that they have a lot of moments as well where yeah. it's like you can tell how close they they were and still are. Yeah. And not just the characters, but the actors as well. Like you can tell they're all really yeah. tight and that's great. Um, so back with Jake and Marco, they are lizards and they are hanging out on the wall of a ship. Um, Marco says it's the perfect hiding place because the closer they are to danger, the farther they are from harm, I guess. <laughs> Hobbit logic. Uh, definitely Hobbit logic. <laughs> and like this scene, I really appreciated the camera work that they did. Mm -hmm. like, 
they did some cool shit. And it's like, again, like, what the fuck? Why is this good? And the rest of it's so, so bad. Like, what's happening? Not only was the camera work good, but, like, the character work was good. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved the conversation between Visor 1 and Visor 3. Like. Yes. <sighs> okay. Yeah. And I loved, like. I loved the details, too, that, like, you got so... Because, like, at this point, if you haven't read the books, you don't know anything about Visor 1. And even, Mm -hmm. like, from when the books came out, like, we knew it was Marco's mom, but we don't really... Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many books were out at this point, but, like, we don't know a lot about her. And so, like, they... Just by having her in this room, like, spray watering, like, orchids and plants Mm -hmm. that are, like, harder to take... Like... By doing that, they've built this whole like yeah backstory that like is is really interesting and intriguing and like having her do something like that instead of just like standing blankly in a room was like a really cool decision mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> I, I don't either <laughs> I don't get oh uh, uh, yeah yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know either. Ugh. I just, I just don't really get it. Oh, uh, well. I I mean, I think this is another example of, like, they just kind of stepped back and let the actors do their thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I just think it was really successful. Okay, so uh, I'll talk about it. Um, Yeah. So Visor One is in a room full of plants and she's watering them with a spray bottle and visitor three comes in and she's like oh it's you this should be good and i love the disdain in her voice like i i did too this actress is like so good like she is amazing. i fucking love her agree um visitor three reports that the bandalites have not been captured yet and he's stationed guards around um, meanwhile, I'm like, why didn't you install the morphing sensors on the ship just in case they escaped? Like, you idiot. Right. Um, One points out that the guards are useless because they didn't prevent them from escaping before. And then Visor 3 kind of asks, like, well, what would you have done? <laughs> and I think he's, like, trying to, like, be sly about it and kind of, like, uh-huh. do it as a retort. But she picks up on it and she's like, are you asking for my help? And I, I just, I fucking loved that exchange. Like, it's just, that was great. Um, at- <laughs> right. It's just, it's smart. It's just a smart exchange. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, instead of, like, confirming or denying, he starts mocking her, her plant hobby, and he, like, rips a leaf off a fern because he's a little shit. <laughs> and then... I kind of love that. But... <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just behaving like a child because he's so he really... proud. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But she goes on to say, like, I like the flowers. And he's like, oh, are you getting a little too cozy with your with your host? And she's like, I do it to soothe my host. And it makes her easier to control. And also, I'm interested in studying what makes humans tick, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, I read into as, like, this is the Yerk and Ava being, like, influenced by each other a little bit. Yes. It was, like... I like there's I think Visor is still a far way away when this mm-hmm. episode was coming out but like if if you knew the story of Visor now like watching back on it yeah. there was a lot that you could kind of infer about mm-hmm. that because it absolutely was like it read exactly like that it was so good God I just 
I want to know more about the production. I want to because obviously there are people <laughs> on there who have read the books who know the content. Yeah. And there are other people who just don't know what the fuck they're doing and they don't care. And I just want to know how that went down. Like, ugh. There's so much I want to know about how this went down and, like, why they made decisions that they made and why they left out. Like, there's so much that I'm like, explain to me how this all happened from start to finish. Like, it's almost like you want to sit them all down in a room. Like, it's a bunch of kids that have broken shit. (laughs) And you want to sit all the kids down in a room and ask each of them what happened to figure out what actually happened to make this mess. Yeah. Oh, my God. For sure. I want this. And, like, I just don't understand. Like, it's almost like they got complete idiots that are, like, doing... most of the production and then they hired really good actors because like there's like actors that actually like have lines and like blah 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 and i'm sure a lot of the side characters too i just there's some of those that i think we've found that have fucked up in the past (laughs) but like the main characters with dialogue all do amazing work Mm -hmm. and like other shit just fails them and i don't like i just don't get it (laughs) I just need to understand, like, who who is failing. Because it's not the actors. It's not. And, like, we've seen some amazing writing. We've seen some terrible writing. Yeah. So, like, it's not, it's not on the writer's shoulders squarely. And it's, there's some good camera work. And then there's some god-awful camera yeah. work. So, like, what, what is it? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> It's like we need to talk to to the people who worked on this show. So, like, if you know them or if you have any sway with them, I don't know if we actually want to, like, talk to them and chastise them loudly. I do. But, like, I, I mean, I don't necessarily want to chastise them because, like, there's some people doing really good yeah. work on the show. And I just I want to like, know who it is and give them credit and be like, I'm sorry you had to yeah. deal with a bunch of fucking idiots. Like... Right. And like, and also if they're like, listen, this is why it's really bad. Like, I want to understand because I just don't get it. Yeah. I want (laughs) to know who to blame. Right. Or like, why, why this had to be done this way. And like, I feel like so much of it can be like, well, yeah, budget. Yeah, budget. Yeah. But because like, this whole episode, I would have loved to have seen Visor 3 in his Andalite body. And like, we never get that. And it's like, okay, budget. I get it. But, like, some things just can't be explained by budget. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, it must be a combination of, like, the people in charge of the show are getting treated like shit. They're not getting paid. They're working crazy hours overtime. And they have no budget. Mm-hmm. And they have no time. Like, enough of enough of circumstances like that can weigh down on you and make you not give a shit about the show. And just want to yeah. churn out crap just to get it done. Like, if it's that then I kind of understand. Like, there are extenuating circumstances. But, like, it also could have been, like, the people are getting paid just fine, but they're producing shit and blaming it on other circumstances. So I want to know what it is. Yeah. And, like, it's... I don't know. I think another part of it is it's it's clear that there are some people with passion on this show. But there's the vast majority of people that don't give a shit. And I just want to know what that disparity is, too. Yeah. Like, why are... 
Like clearly the actors are are all putting a lot into this, but there's like there's somebody on production on like the writing team, on the directing team that has the passion for this subject matter. Mm-hmm. And like why is this person getting squashed by so many other things? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you worked on the show, if you know anyone who worked on the show, please write in and give us the dirt. We want to know. Yeah, anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Please. Please reach out. Please. Please. We don't want to just keep surmising about what happened. We want to know. <laughs> like, truly, I I love bashing something as much as the next person. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, I do love Animorphs, and I want so badly to find the good in this show. And, like, it's... It's just hard sometimes. And there is there is good in this episode. I know, like, when we first started, like, it was like, wow, this all sucked except for, like, two things. It doesn't. There's, like, there there is good in mm-hmm. here. And I just, I want to find more of that. And it's, like, stop making it so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. God. It's fun to bash things, but it's so much more fun to be, like, super excited about stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there's like fun bashing and then there's mad bashing. And in this episode, there was a lot more mad bashing for me, at least. For sure. Like fun bashing would be, again, my desire to have that stuffed skunk that (laughs) Marco had under his arm. I want that so bad. Uh, That's fun bashing for me. This is just like... What were what were you thinking when you made this decision? Like me, an idiot, can see that this is not the call. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> absolutely, oh, I agree. Man. Although I was mad about the skunk, but <laughs> I know you were. But I, I want, I fucking still want that picture of Boris holding the skunk <laughs> so badly in the football hold. I just want it blown up on my wall. I want it signed by Boris. <laughs> I just. I need it. See, this is the kind of art that I need in my life. <laughs> Fuck the sculptures. I don't want anything that's structural and mystifying yeah. and is uh, whatever. Can, that's not inspiring to you me. You can keep your Van Gogh. You can keep your Monet. I want a blow up picture of <laughs> Boris holding the skunk like a football. I will take your fucking water lilies and I will smash it to smithereens. <laughs> I need Boris and the skunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man eat your heart out Jackson Pollock. I am Boris Cabrera the real artist in this room the true artist <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm so sorry it's so amazing <laughs> Oh fuck. Okay, back to this conversation because oh, it is very good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically the gist of it. Is yeah, she's like, yeah, I just want to like learn what makes humans tick, and I think the York's lying in this moment. But like, Visitor Three is basically like, okay, fine, whatever, and he leaves, and that scene is over. Oh, that, okay, that killed me because again, I know Visitor hasn't happened yet, and. Uh, God, whatever. But I wanted Visor 3 to so badly challenge her and be like, I know everything about the Andalites. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I did so much research. Like, ah. Oh, yeah. I wanted him to challenge her. And, like, I I understand this is the TV show, but, like, that would have been such a cool conversation to be like, 
and I know everything. What do you know about Andalites? Like, that's my expertise. Like, fuck yeah, you. Like, like, just to have that head-to-head cover. Yeah, and, like, I bring value to the situation, even though you think I'm a fuck-up. Yeah. Yes. And, okay, so I know in book two, when Chapman was like, I the only way I can placate, place it, wow, what is that word? Placate? Placate. placate. Yeah. The only way placate. I can placate my host is by, you know, keeping his daughter safe. And then Visor 3 launches mm-hmm. into that whole, like, I am infesting an Andalite. Do you not think this is, like, extremely difficult for me? Right. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that happened in, like, the TV show episode, because that would have been, like, way too amazing. Um, that would have been way too amazing. But, like, I wish when Visor 1 was like, this is how I keep my host calm, I wish he had brought that up then. Oh, see, that would have been another one that was so, like, uh, I would have just loved to have seen the challenge from Visor 3. Yeah. I know he's incompetent, but, like, and especially in the TV show, like, he's he's a campy villain at all Mm -hmm. times. But I think one of the things is, like, in the books, he really has his moments of, like, you can see just how intelligent and how competent and how he got to where he Mm -hmm. was. And this would have been a perfect moment to introduce that side of him into the TV show. I love me a complex villain. Yeah. And there's no reason not to make him more complex because the TV show has spent all this time just making him look even more incompetent than he was in the books. So, like, why not give him that moment of, like... Well, like, you know, I have an Andalite host. Like, how do you not think that this is extremely difficult for me? How do you, mm-hmm. like, I can't placate my host. There are mortal enemies. Yeah. So while you play in your garden, I struggle every day and win. Yeah. And, like, that would have been great. And then just seeing, like, Visor One's face, like, falling in that moment with, like, the mm-hmm. realization. Or, like, have that, like, flicker across her face of, like, doubt or whatever. Yes. Oh, that would have been amazing. <sighs> Yep. <sighs> Opportunity. I wasted. know. We can't have nice things. I know we can't have nice things. And like that's something that like maybe they like they don't have the backstory. So why would they have thought of that? Like I can totally forgive that not being there. This was still a good interaction. Mm-hmm. But man, that would have been cool if they had a thought yep. about it. Yep. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> At least we got a little bit of of vulnerability and development with visor one we got these yeah. crumbs we got we got teeny, teeny crumbs. tiny crumbs from a cookie of mediocrity teeny, tiny crumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> god shit. shit is correct now we are going to go back to the girls i hope this is my favorite scene of rachel's uh i mean so like the next little bit is like double double fisting it with like the girls and the boys and it cuts back and forth so like technically it's the same scene but like i already i already know what your favorite scene is it's <laughs> what i'm trying to get to <laughs> too predictable uh, um so the girls emerge into the candrona room and they're looking at it and cassie's like how do we shut it off and rachel's like i guess we can't unplug it and now we're gonna go back to the boys and they're lizards on the floor. Jake says he can't feel any vibrations, so they must be safe to demorph. They do. Um, Jake turns on the light. Marco's like, where are we? And Jake says, it looks like an elevator or a king-size blender. 
And it's like, there's no establishing shot or scenery to support what you just said. So, like, <laughs> why would you say that? Yeah, why would he say like, that? Like, what? <sighs> Whatever. I was just trying to picture that, too. Like, what did I miss? Yeah! But, like... Yeah. Nothing. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Once again, they're, like, setting us up to expect something, and then they just don't give it to us. It's so fucking yeah. irritating. <laughs> It's so fucking irritating. Ugh, they're breaking all the rules of filming. So they make their way into a different hallway, and this is what this is the scene you alluded to, I think, where like the walls are all red and there's like pipes and like ropes and shit hanging down. And <laughs> you mean the one I alluded to by saying I can't wait for my favorite scene with Rachel? <laughs> no, no, no. You mentioned it earlier when when we were talking about lighting and shit. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this is also Yeah. Weird. I was getting like Firefly sort of like when they go onto that abandoned ship and, and they find the Reavers and shit. Oh I was getting yes. those vibes. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I really yes. liked this. I mean I did all too. the junk hanging down from the ceiling is like a fire hazard and like you could easily like run into something and like choke yourself. But you know what? They're yarks, they live dangerously. <laughs> right. It was like that's what I loved about it. because like in my mind I'm like, okay, yeah, like this isn't the Yerks from the books because they had I believe they even call it out in the books like they have the colored pipes running in the mm -hmm. ceiling to tell you where like the engine like there's all sorts of setup that's very clean and like controlled and very much like an organized yeah. ship but I just loved the visual effect of like the wires hanging mm -hmm. down and the tubes that are breaking and it's everywhere's like red light yeah. and like there could be like smoke coming out at any time like it was just so cool yeah. like I being book accurate in this moment this looks so yeah cool. it was very atmospheric mm -hmm. and i loved because it's so villainous mm -hmm. right like if it was super clean like you can i know you can do that like almost um like westworld effect mm -hmm. where if it's too clean it's sinister as yeah. well because then it's clinical yeah. but i love that they went the opposite way with this and went reverse yeah of yeah it still worked it still set it the works mood. so yeah. good oh it was so cool Ugh. yes yeah uh, so the boys are walking down the hallway, running into shit, and then they open another door. We see them standing in the threshold of the door, and Jake smiles, and he's like, oh my god, this is our way out. And Marco points and says, you're gonna fly a blade ship? No way. Then he leaves. Jake runs after him. Marco pointing, and then the audience not seeing what he's pointing at is, like, peak indication of why this doesn't work. Like, Yeah. <sighs> Show me, don't tell me, yeah. you motherfuckers. I mean, yeah, there, I, there was multiple things about the blade ship, too, where it was like, I just don't understand. Like, I never got the lay of the land. Mm -mm. Like, is this separate? Is this contained? Like, I just didn't. Yeah. I Visually, it made yeah, no sense. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. So then Marco and Jake have an argument. Marco's like, we're going to take that ship, but we're going to rescue my mom. And Jake's like, that's dumb. We should leave while we can. Marco's not leaving without his mom. And then eventually Marco's like, you can leave, but I'm going to stay here and do what I have to do. And Jake looks mm -hmm. sad. This is the first of many conversations like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to revisit this conversation at least three more times. Because Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Mm. Now we're back with the girls. Cassie touches the pipe that Jake touched in the last episode. To no one's surprise, it's still fucking cold. Like, they basically, like, reshot that scene, but with the girls. 
Yeah. You know. I was like, if Rachel touches it as well, I'm going to flip a table over. I thought she was going to, honestly. Oh like, I thought when, when Cassie said, no, it's cold, Rachel was going to reach out and touch it. And, like, I was surprised that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Rachel did not touch it, luckily. She is a smart and beautiful woman. Yes. Thank God. <sighs> um, They start talking about, like, what is the Candrona even doing here above ground and not, like, underground where the pool is? And Cassie mm-hmm. says it's, like, a broadcasting tower and it's broadcasting the rays all over the city. Rachel heads to a nearby tool cabinet and grabs a couple of pipe wrenches. Cassie's like, do you have a plan? And Rachel says, yes, Yes. I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) Brooke holding up both wrenches and going, yes, I do. I was like, oh, I love you so much. I giggled with glee. (laughs) She was so excited and it made me excited. And I was just like, that's Rachel. Yeah. And like, like... The implication as well was not, like, in no way with the look on her face where you like, she's going to use that wrench in a proper way to undo some pipes. It's like, <laughs> she's going to use that as a fucking weapon. She's going to bludgeon the Candrona, and I'm exactly. ready. <laughs> oh, my God. Her- okay. It was just so good. It was so good. And then I don't know if this happens right after this because I've already forgotten the order of operations. But then, like... This is what I loved about this so much, is it was so much in the character of Rachel in that Cassie started questioning her, thinking like, oh, like, you're just going to attack it without any thought. And then Rachel, like, just drops, like, one hint as to her plan, and Cassie's kind of like, okay, so you thought about it a little second hint to her plan, and Cassie's like, oh, I'm getting it. And then, like, third hint Uh to her plan, and Cassie's like, okay, so you did think this through, actually. Like, you actually made a really smart decision. It just seemed like you were going off the rails. It was just such a beautiful moment that, like, actually was, like, the character. Yeah. (sighs) Although, the only thing I had a problem with is that in the last episode, I believe Cassie was like, we're going to stay here and we're going to trash the Candrona. And in in this scene, she was like, what? We're going to beat the shit out of it? And I'm like, Cassie, (laughs) that was your suggestion. Like, why are you surprised? She's just doing what you wanted. God, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But yes, I did. I did love that exchange. Um, Yeah, they talk about, like, this Candorona's cold, the other one's hot, and then they kind of, like, logic their way into they don't want it to overheat. And they wouldn't cool it if they didn't want it to overheat, so. Yes. Fucking beat the shit out of it, and it's great. They did. They smashed the pipes right out of there. They did. Destruction. Ladies destroying the patriarchy. (laughs) With a giant wrench. (laughs) Uh, And for another scene of friendship, Marco is walking down the hallway of the ship. He hears something behind him and he goes to hide and he sees Jake. And Jake's like, your mom, your mom probably knows how to fly us home. And Marco is happy. Such friends. Excellent bromanship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Friends working together, solving problems and things. Together. Charms forever, doing stuff together. Doing stuff together. (laughs) (sighs) I like it. I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, So Cassie and Rachel smash the Candrona machine thing. And Mm -hmm. they're out in the hallway watching it explode. And then controllers start running up with their flashlights. 
and then there's a fun chase scene through the hallways of the the eggs tower um oh my god this okay yes talk about this chase scene because one of these extras was my fucking oh my god hero. yeah yeah okay so the high <laughs> i made a small highlights reel of of this chase scene yes <laughs> God, I hope we caught the same thing. Oh my God. I feel like we did. <laughs> okay, so the first amazing thing is that they just have like a shot of the hallway with the controllers like way far down. And then there's like a direct cut of them like they jumped like 50 yards close. Yes! <laughs> like, which is like, what happened? No, <laughs> it was so absurd. It was insane. I was like, well, that's one way to move it forward, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I I did laugh at that. Like it's a really bad I, edit, but yeah. I it was funny. Yeah. Um. There. So Rachel and then Rachel and Cassie round a corner and they like come through this doorway and there's second guy in the line of this controller just like waving his arms all around and it was delightful. And then Cassie goes to like go through a door, but Rachel grabs her, pulls her back. They hide behind a wall. And the controllers come by. The first guy in this line like jump kicks the door open. <laughs> Yes! That was, I was like, yes, this motherfucker, yes! And it was like the worst jump kick ever! Yeah, he like launches and then realizes he doesn't need to be doing this and he just kind of like falls and oh my god, it's so funny. He almost like stops before his foot makes contact with the door, but then it ends up making contact yeah. like one foot from the floor. Like it's so bad. I loved it. That guy was so into it, and I just was... endorse everything he does. Like, holy shit. I was like, I love this man. Oh. I love him. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't catch that the first time around. Like, I had to rewind to watch something else, and I saw that happen, and I was just delighted. <laughs> Me too. Oh god. <laughs> so what good. a treat. What a treat. What a delight. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So then the girls run away. They run down some stairs and presumably get out of there. Presumably. Uh, the boys are back on the spaceship. They're moving through the hallways. It's very creepy. Um, and then Jake's like, "We have to be careful with Bizzer One." And Marco assures him that his face alone will cure her of any yerk control <laughs> that she has over her. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. Jake's trying to tell him that they need a better plan than that bullshit. Um, yeah. But then they have to run because controllers are here. Um, wow. They run. Sometimes they're in slow motion. Uh, the controllers are shooting them with their flashlights. There's sparks flying everywhere. That pissed me off so badly. <laughs> okay. Like the flashlights. Uh, it Just the flashlights specifically are what pissed me off because it's like. I understand that that's what they used as, like, this is a Draken game, yeah. but I did not understand why they left the flashlights on the whole time. Like, <sighs> why wouldn't they flash them as it was firing and then, like, Oh, turn yeah. Them like, there is no indication of them firing. It's just they're chasing them with a flashlight and mystery, like, pew, pew noises yeah. are happening. Oh, my God. Like, it would have been so <sighs> easy to just, like, turn the flashlight on when you were firing and turn it back off. Right. Right. So easy so easy and then sync it in post and there was never any like specific like well you got to do this at this moment so we can cut to like it's just random firing you could have <laughs> just said to the guys like 
do it like every three or four seconds or like say you do it every three seconds, you do it every five seconds, you do it every 10 seconds. And then like you would just have like the different asynchronous flashings and intersperse that cut with the cuts of it. Like, cause that's what they did was they showed the guys with the flashlights and then they'd show like sparks flying off different parts of the ship <laughs> where presumably the shots missed. So like there was no need to try and sync it up. There's no shot where a guy reaches up with his flashlight and then we see something happen across the room. Yeah. Like, it, it would have been so easy. Yep. I just don't get it. Yep. <sighs> so, yeah. Anyways, I was I was very pissed about that detail. Yeah, that was not not great. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So, they're running. The boys are, like, knocking barrels over, trying to slow the controllers down. <laughs> And the controllers are like, oh no, oh, not a barrel. Oh, I don't know. It's a dog. I must it's a put it Kong. back up, right? <laughs> right? That's what I thought too. I was like, oh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> and then when, like the, the controllers kept being like, oh, we got to fix this before we can keep <laughs> running. And I was like, what the They're fuck? They're running the symmetry of the shelf. <laughs> Hooligans. I am a teenage delinquent. <laughs> oh, God. Fuckers. Um. <laughs> And then Marco tears a pipe off the wall and they're like spraying the controllers with like dry ice or some shit. Oh. And they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. And flailing their arms Doesn't akimbo. one of them yell, I can't see. Yeah. Or I can't see anything. <laughs> I... It's like, what? It's like a two foot wall of smoke. Oh my God. Maybe it was like really, really hot or cold shit. There was no indication of that at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish it were. That would have been a great explanation. Like, oh, God, it's really cold. We can't get past yeah. it. Yeah. And I say I only I say cold because Sean Ashmore is Iceman. But you know, that's my personal preference. They could have said hot as well. It's just my preference that it's cold because yeah. he's Iceman. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes hot can feel cold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Um. Yeah, this is when they end up in the loading dock and onto the ship, I think. I didn't reali- realize they were on a ship because, I had, again. I, I rewound it. Yeah. And I still was like, wait, what? Yeah, you just see, like, their feet kind of, like, climbing up a couple steps. But, and then they're, like, inside a thing that just looks like, I don't know, like, they're in, so, like, a speedboat and it's just got, like, the fucking screen on it. And they're just, I don't know. I couldn't make heads or tails of this. I couldn't, like, and I kept looking for something in the background that would indicate to me that it shuts and then, like, airlocks mm-hmm. because they're going into space. Like, I, a, even if it was a regular door, if it had, like, one of those, like, round porthole yeah. kind of, like, door closer yeah. wheels on it, it's, like, anything to indicate that, like, this is gonna go into space and be secure. But it was, like, kind of an open doorway behind them. And I was, like, what... I what is this? I honestly thought they were in some sort of like garage, like a big room, and they just like climbed onto like like an open cockpit thing. Like there was no like yeah. roof or anything over their head. They were just like getting in some sort of like convertible situation. I like I could not parse it with I, my mind. Yeah, like the they did not map this space out beforehand. It no. didn't make any sense. And it almost felt like like yeah, exactly what you're saying, like a big garage. And then it was like they just plopped this like keyboard in the middle of it and like didn't put it, they didn't like really angle it. They didn't make it feel like any sort of dashboard in any way. And it like, it was like, oh, we put this thing on two sawhorses. Yeah. Fly the ship. It's, wait, what? They probably did put it on sawhorses. (laughs) Yeah. I really think they did. (laughs) God. Just, 
these poor actors. Like, do you remember yeah. in, I think it was Lord of the Rings, when Christopher Lee was like, or was it? Was it Ian McKellen's? One of those two was like, I hate working with green screen because I can't like make eye contact with anything and I don't have like anything to interact with because it's all going to be put in post. And like, I just, I can't fucking work like this. Like imagine how these actors must have felt with like these cheap ass fucking sets. And I mean, most of the sets that they have to work with are like established buildings or, you know, the woods or something, which is fine. But like when they have to work with this kind of shit, it's like, oh man. Right. And like I I actors are always going to have something like this to work. Like even like recently um there was just that that clip going around of Wash when in Firefly when he's supposed to be flying the plane and like the camera guy pans out too far and you can see that like they they couldn't get the shot with the dashboard of the ship right there so they couldn't have his hands on like the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So they, like, just backed his chair up and filmed the scene from further back, but the camera guy pulled out too far, and you can see that his hands aren't on anything. Oh. And I think that that cut even made it into the final episode, because nobody noticed till later. Oh. But it's like, you're always going to have those, like, weird yeah. things like that, and that's that's understandable. But, like, to just be like, okay, like, it's, you know... Instead of being like it's seventy five percent on the set and like twenty five percent on the actors to play in the space, it's like by the way, you're just in a big room. Make us believe that this is what's going on, and it's like that's so unfair. Like, yes, I know actors should be able to like overcome that, mm-hmm. and that's something that they teach you very early on in acting school. Yeah, but at the same time, like. Isn't it so much better when you, like, work with them or give them something to really, like, play with in the space to make the performance, like, come alive? Yeah. And, like... You know, these guys are doing such a good job with nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, I don't mean to, like, you know, necessarily agree with whoever said, like, I can't work in just green screen. Because, like, Mm -hmm. actors have to do that all the time now. I feel like not... Like, a huge amount of movies are just, like, that, basically. But, like, I'm thinking even, like movies with like a cgi animal in it and the people have to like touch and interact with this animal like i'm thinking about like specifically like twilight um with like jacob when he's a wolf pup or like golden compass golden compass um i think the new dumbo as well like like a lot of these actually had like an actor in like a motion capture suit just so their their other actor could like touch them and interact with them and like have something to look at like the yeah i don't know where i'm gonna go but well it's i mean i think it's just the fact that like it's it's always gonna look better if you try to like give the actor something to work yeah like they can work in these spaces with nothing yeah but like it's it's always better to be able to like play in the space with someone else yeah or something else yeah and i i've already ranted about this on the podcast but like this is why i get so pissed off with like the coffee cup thing when yeah they're obviously working with a cup with nothing in it but they're supposed to pretend like there is coffee in it like the weight distribution isn't right they're not holding it in a way that they would if it were full of hot liquid like it's these kind of things that you have to think about Ugh, i just ugh uh yeah i ultimately i don't know where that was going but <laughs> i i don't know but i want to give it i just kind of want to make one more ending point sure, on here sure. 
it doesn't matter how good these actors are and how like how great they look acting in an empty room if your room is supposed to be a fucking spaceship give us an indicator because there's nothing the actors can do about an open doorway when it's supposed to be sealed to space like there's no acting that will erase such a glaring mistake yeah come on (laughs) (sighs) anyways there's a mixing console there's a sound mixing board (laughs) yeah that they didn't do anything to it all. No. Nope. <laughs> God. And like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, they cut in really closely on some of the buttons, I think, to help like mitigate the and hide the fact that it was actually a mixing console. But like, you could still tell. Like, okay, so that rotational button that yeah. has a little indent for your finger, that they, for some reason, did a super close-up on somebody yeah. just spinning it wildly. Yes, that was the exception to the thing I just said. <laughs> like, that very iconic little thing yeah, that they decided it's to like, highlight. It's like, do the exact same thing, but take the cover off so that they're just spinning whatever the thing is underneath. Yeah. Like, loosen the board. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my god, Yeah. I don't know. So they're just fucking pressing buttons wildly and moving switches. And Jake's like, Marco, help me with this. And Marco's like, my mom, though. And the controllers are still shooting at them. This is another reason why I wasn't sure if they were, like, in a spacecraft. Because every time a controller shot at them, they, like, ducked. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. 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 And then, like, the indicator was just that automated voice being like, the spaceship is under attack. Yeah. And it's like... Wait, what? They're in a spaceship? Like, that was the indication they were in a spaceship instead of anything fucking visual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The the space crimes increase from here, though. Okay, so Jake and and Marco, again, argue about, like, we should stay. We should go. Blah, blah, blah. Your mom needs you alive to save her later. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Marco's finally like, okay, fine. And he pushes a button. The airlock opens, revealing a sky full of stars. The boys are happy about it, but they are still being shot by the controllers who are in the airlock, who were not immediately sucked into space. I don't know, man. Or, like, froze to death because they were not wearing, like, suits or anything. Like, I'm going to be honest. I still didn't really get the space that they yeah. were working in at this point. So that, that like, never occurred to me because I'm like, I still don't know where they are. I mean, I was just working off of, like, sci-fi that I've seen before is, like, you keep ships generally in airlocks or you, like, dock them outside. But, like, I don't think... But, like, they couldn't shoot at it if it were docked outside. So it had to be in an airlock. They opened the door to the airlock and the controllers were fine, I guess. And I mean, if it's like Star Wars rules of like, oh, there's like an airship shield over the front that the ships can pass through, but it's holding all the atmosphere. Yeah. Fine, but indicate that somehow. Yeah. I just. I don't really get it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, So they're fine. Marco's like, green means go, right? And he presses a green button and they zoom out of the ship, the big ship, and. Again, they're not crushed to death because they're not wearing restraints and they're all fine. Um, now they're cruising through space. Jake's like, we need a plan. Marco's like, no problem. I got this. He presses her in a button. A shield covers all the windows. 
and they can't see anymore. And Jake's like, oh, that's that's awesome. We can't see anything. And Marco's like, Jake, it's space. What is there to see? And Jake's like, oh, yeah, you got a point there. And Marco kind of mocks him, which I loved. Like, nice, nice actor mm-hmm. interaction. Marco presses another button. They start falling through space because he pressed the descent button. That doesn't make sense. There's sorry. no gravity in space? Question mark. No gravity in space. Like, <laughs> if... I don't... Even descent... Okay, even descent, if it meant descent to the planet, yeah. isn't down in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think a descent button in in a spaceship would mean just plummet. That doesn't that, that doesn't make any sense. Like for flying, that would have been like kill the engines button. Sh- if you sure, were in a place with sure. gravity, because then you just would have started falling. Right, or, like, go to the nearest source of gravity. Yeah. Like, okay, here's- I remember way back when, when we were, like- I was about to say filming. When we were recording, like, book five, didn't we talk about, like, the UI UX of the ship because of the way that, like, the thought-speak elevator thing worked? Oh, yeah. This is, like, a complete failing of UI UX. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what does this button mean? Like, descent within a planetary confine makes sense, but in the context of space, what does this mean? I don't know. And again, they would have just floated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They would have... Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Because, like, then then let's, like, parse out what does descent mean to the ship. Like... Yeah, because if that means, like, the engines kick on and propelled it in a direction, then they would have gone in a direction. But it, right. it was indicated that, like, the engine stopped and the ship started falling, which doesn't make sense. Right, unless there's a planet directly below them. But then even, why would you even have that button then? Because if you hit that and you're nowhere near a planet, then I guess the button should do nothing, right? right. Unless you're... Yeah within the atmosphere and if you're not within the atmosphere how do you choose what planet you go to like it just doesn't there's no reason for that button yep there was no need for this there was really no need for this like they could have like cut all of this out and you know in a little in a little bit marco presses another random button and it starts like autopiloting them back to the mothership see that's right that makes sense of course there would be a return home button yeah and it would have uh, frankly, I think it would have been funnier if, like, they spent all this, like, panicked energy bursting out of the mothership, flew, flew away somewhere, only to have, like, the <laughs> next result be that they head right back. Right. So this, like, like random ship dropping through space, like, oh my god, we're gonna die! That just didn't need to be there. No. It blo- it broke the flow of, of events, and it didn't make sense. And even, like, if they were d- just descending through space let's say they're just falling which makes no sense because it's directionless in space but let's say they are they're they're going straight down what how do you know that you're not going to descend in quotation marks for 30 years before you hit something yeah so like what do you mean you're dying that (laughs) (laughs) you're dying of old age what what i if you really wanted to do this you should have had Marco press, like, a self-destruct button or some shit. 
And then, like, you could have had red lights flashing and being like, self-destruction, initiated sequence in 10 seconds. And then frantically, like, oh, my God, we have to stop. And then they hit the button, which cancels it all and gets them back to the mothership. Like, that's all you had to do. Right. (sighs) Instead, they chose, like, the worst possible thing they could have (laughs) chosen for space flight. Oh, my God. So much. Well. 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 Welp. So, yeah. I guess they almost die. They hit a button and they go back to the mothership. And they're sad. That's what happens. Uh, Then we get the the pointless scene that we alluded to earlier where we're back with uh, Visor 1 in her secret garden. And Visor 3 is like, the bioscan has picked up two life forms on the blade ship. And we can destroy them. And Visor 1's like... Uh, no, though. Didn't she want to capture them for that disc situation that you're trying to open? And Visitor 3's like, oh, yeah, that. And she's like, you're dumb. And if you fail, I'm blaming everything on you. Yeah. And that's when she starts creepily stroking her flowers. And Visitor 3 starts thought speaking to Jake and Marco and tells them that they need to surrender and die and all that shit. Sure. Why not? Why the fuck not? Okay. (laughs) Why the fuck not at this point? (laughs) This is where... And this is where I got mad because (laughs) I'm really happy to see my baby boy Axe, which is the next thing we see. But he can hear Visor 3 talking. So I guess he's fucking psychic now. Like, Well, no, he explains this by he's older and larger. So obviously the whole planet Earth can hear his thoughts speak. What? (laughs) What? I just like, okay, considering that I think we've established that the mothership is not above Earth and is like significantly further away. Right, right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, because in my mind, uh, the whole descent thing had me placing it closer to Earth. But you're absolutely correct. They had to fly for a really fucking long time to get there. Right. At, like, hyper speed. So, like, yeah, they're not directly above. They're not like, oh, they're a few miles up. It's yeah. like, no, these guys are fucking far if, away. If Visor 3 had been doing this and they were above the Earth, I still would have been like, that seems like a little bit far of a range for thought speak, but maybe. But they're not. I don't think. I don't think they're anywhere near older. Earth. And I am not buying that Axe can hear Visor 3's thought speak, even if it is faint. Well, okay, even if it's faint, but that means, like, he's broadcasting it through solar systems. Yeah. Like, the whole of planet Earth will be able to hear him. Yeah. <sighs> because, because, as we established a little bit later, when Axe was falling to Earth, Cassie heard him. And so you can't just say, like, oh, he's broadcasting to everyone, but only Andalites can hear it. Because, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, none of this fucking makes sense. No, not... Like, it's lazy I, fucking And writing. if you wanted... Here's the other thing. Like, they're in a ship full of alien technology. There is absolutely no reason why they couldn't have figured out a way to, like, make a call to a phone and, like, jerry-rig yeah. it up. Or, like, broadcast... Like, there's other explanations to work around this that they could have gone with that still would have been cheesy and like implausible but this was like so fucking implausible that it's an egregious error yeah the laziest fucking writing i've ever heard (sighs) it 
I don't even know if it can be considered writing. <laughs> it's like they just were making it up as they went. I guess. Ugh. Okay, well, magically, Axe hears Visitor 3 talking to Jake and Marco and finds out sure. that they are, they've stolen a blade ship and they're in trouble. Um, He's a thief and he stole the <laughs> dragon egg. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that's the other thing, is that Axe says they've stolen a blade ship. I thought there was only one blade ship. And yes. they just meant to say, like, bug fighter or something. That's exactly what I assumed as well, is that they meant Bugfighter. I, for no point in time, thought that they stole an entire blade ship with all of its crew and everything. Because, like, there's no way they're going to be like, oh, found an empty blade ship. Uh, It's like, no, no, no. That's full of crew. Like, no, it's just not. Like, that's their main battleship. Why would they leave that, like, sitting connected to, like, the mothership? They definitely meant Bugfighter. Okay, yeah. And I think, when, like, you look out the window and see it, too, and it's not like the big battle axe. It's like a TIE fighter or something. <laughs> Some TIE fighter. It's like a, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it kind of, you know. Yeah. It's a very Star Tra- or Star Warsy looking ship, not Star Trek. Yeah. Star Warsy. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. It's all dumb. Uh, it is dumb. Rachel is like, we have to help them, and Axe says it's impossible. Um, so just drop it yep fuck it yep <laughs> all of this is impossible yeah. <laughs> this is completely impossible oh, okay well bye yep. they're they're <laughs> fucked the episode yep. ends. they get good they luck get recaptured bye. and destroyed tomorrow. and that's the end and fluffer mckitty killed them all and we're done fluffer mckitty killed them yep that was a great episode i catch you guys next week oh god <laughs> let's rank our favorites <laughs> I wish. That's not what I happens. wish. I, I wish too. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Cassie reminds X that she heard his thoughts speak when he was crashing to Earth. Um, and she's like, you can talk to Marco and Jake in the same way. X says he cannot. Visitor 3 is older and more powerful. And <laughs> I read this as X is trying to maintain the rules of the universe as set by Catherine Applegate. Does not want to play in the TV show space, but... Ugh. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God, Paulo. Good job, Paulo. Paulo's like, I've read the books. You can't fool me. That's right. Um, Rachel full fucking Rachel pulls a do or do not. There is no try on Axe, and then he's like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll try. <laughs> I mean, sure. Like that. Yes, I guess in the context of this, give it a try. That doesn't mean it has to work. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, this would have been genius. Axe says, do you have a communications device? He takes them to the barn phone that's on the wall where they got the Ooh. call to go on the, the phone. And Axe rigs something yeah. up to reach out to the ship. It's like, there you go. Yeah. There it is. Oh. And we've been at this for 20 fucking minutes and we solved it. And their entire job was to write that show. Oh, my God. Well, wouldn't it have been funny? Okay, so... What if he, like, stashed a bunch of, like, electronic shit in the barn, like, under the hay bales or something? And he was, like, there directing him to, like, go get me this thing. And they'll be like, what is this thing? And he'll be like, it's a squiggly thing. And, oh, my God, that would have been so cute. And then he just. Oh. <gasps> that. Casey, that would have been such a better. Like, <laughs> because the whole shot was just Paulo leaning weirdly back against the barn mm-hmm. wall with Cassie and Rachel, like, snarking at him from either side. 
how much more interesting would it have been of him just building this nonsense fucking device being like get and like he could have taken something like you know with a chip in it like a children's toy and just smashed it open and pulled the board right like it could have been all of this interesting visual shit that wouldn't have cost a lot of money because like Go to the dump, spend five minutes finding, like, wires and... Sh- yeah. Like, they clearly have the electronics connection. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, get, like, a fucking Teddy Ruxpin, pull the voice box yeah. out of it. Like, that would have been so cool to watch that being, like... Oh and it doesn't have to make sense. Just have them putting wires into places where wires stick. Like, you don't, you don't need to build a cool thing. Yeah. Just have Paulo put it together. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh. And then, like, the last thing he could do is grab the phone, like, unplug the, like, windy, <laughs> like, coily cord and plug that into his creation. Yeah. And then they just talk on the and phone. And then Cassie would have been like, hey, you just broke my phone. <laughs> exactly. And that could have been, like, the whole shot would just be, like, Rachel and, and Cassie running off to either side of the screen to grab a nonsense thing yeah. to bring back to that. That would have been so much more interesting. It would have made so much more sense plot-wise. It would have looked so much better visually. And, like, then we'd get Paulo instead of just making that weird I'm pooping face. <laughs> he would have had, like, he could have done work. <laughs> Sorry, I think I broke the audio with my laughter. <laughs> oh my god, his face. His, that's, that is his face. There's no denying it. Oh my it. god, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh man. And that, okay, the other thing I loved about that, I'm sorry, not to like jump back into this but when we should move on, but like... The other thing I love about this is the whole time Cassie could have been throwing in comments like, when did you leave the barn? And like, because we just came off the Tobias episode, right? So like, all of a sudden, Axe is having to like, kind of like, just deflect that while Cassie's going like, wait, when did you, when did you get this? Like, how did you find that? Like, oh. Oh my God. That would have been so much better. Oh man, that's so fun. That would have been so fun. Holy shit. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh, that uh, that would have been great. Oh, I love it. And I would have loved the interactions, I think, between Rachel and Cassie and Axe so much more when, like, Axe is getting, like, agitated with them when he's like, you know, the thing that looks like yeah, this. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> oh. And, like, just seeing them play off of him would have been really fun as well. Oh, we could have had it all. We could have. We could have had it all. Rolling in the deep. <laughs> Oh, God. But none of that happens, unfortunately. No. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's the I'm pooping face. It's exactly what his face Just... is. <laughs> oh, God. So, X makes that face and is thought speaking to Jake and Marco in space. And... Of course. He prefaces this by saying that he cannot hear them because they are not in morph. Which, like, I actually had to look this up. I was, because, like, Visor 3 was thought speaking to them. And I was like, wait a minute, can he do that? But I guess, like, yeah, because he's in morph. And Axe right. is in morph. He's in morph, so he's yes. good. Okay. Yes. So they got that right, but disregard every other rule of the universe, but whatever. <laughs> That's the only important yeah. one. 
Um, Axe tells them to find some complicated Z-space thing, and Rachel's like, no, what are you doing? They're dumb. Please speak English. And he's like, the red button with the squiggly line on it. Marco finds it, immediately presses it, and then Axe is like, do not press that button. (laughs) Okay, so that was my favorite thing, because the automated voice comes back and is like, exterior lights extinguished or whatever. And then Axe goes, don't press that. That will only turn off the exterior Oh my god. (laughs) That was my favorite line in this whole thing. See, that's an appropriate fake out. Like, that was fine. right. That was that great. was amazing. I would have been so mad if they hadn't put that. Oh in man, yeah, for sure. That was that was great. I love that moment. <laughs> um, and then X says, "Press the button below it." A console comes out. It has two identical buttons on it. And it's the self guidance system or autopilot, as Cassie points out. Meds or medicine. Yes. Uh, X goes on to say that one button will take them to Earth. The other will take them to the York home world. Cassie and Rachel are like Jesus fucking Christ. Marco's like, "Which button is it?" <laughs> He tells Jake to pick a button. Jake is like, no, you do it. I trust you. It's But Jake, it's a 50-50 shot no matter who presses the fucking button. It's not button. about trust, it's about luck. Like It's exactly about luck. It's a 50-50 chance. So fucking dumb. I was like, Ugh. Let the power of the car yeah! guide you, Marco. I, was, I trust your spirit. Alex, I was literally about to say, you have to believe in the heart of the cards. Because <laughs> that's what it fucking is. That's exactly what it is. Oh my god. Luckily, he pulled out the blue eyes white dragon immediately proceeded. <laughs> he this. pulled out the head of Exodia and was able to. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Thank god all of the Exodion pieces are in order in your deck. Oh my god. Because you trusted the heart of the card. Do they shuffle in Yu Gi Oh before they go through their matches? Uh, yes. Um, usually on the dual disc system, it like has a little card shuffler in it. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I feel like sometimes somebody's playing the card counting game. But yeah. Whatever, Yu-Gi-Oh. Whatever Yu-Gi-Oh. I kind of want to rewatch Yu-Gi-Oh, if I'm honest. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I'm like, do I really want to? I mean, how bad was the original show? I mean, I as a person in my early to mid-teens enjoyed it, but also, like, it was full of hot dudes, so... That was the main reason I watched. <gasps> I think I watched like two episodes, but I bought the CD, and that's what was really important <laughs> to me was the music. Yeah. So. Oh god, I just <sighs> don't know. I don't know what all. I remember being so pissed when I found out there was like a red eyes black dragon or whatever. I was like, no, the only dragon should be the blue eyes white dragon. That's like the main character. Why would you make a second dragon because... and like try to make it just as? Because cool? it's the direct foil. I mean, yeah, but, like, why? Like, I don't know. It's just, It feels like the hero Charizard. It would be like making an anti-Charizard, and I hate brother, that. Brother, my brother. <laughs> Tell me what, what fighting I'm fighting for. for. We got to win this war. God, I need to stop. Uh. Vikings? I thought they were only in Minnesota. <laughs> A joke I didn't get till my mid-20s. Oh, but I'm my God. <laughs> Oh, anyways, I apologize. Uh, let's just watch like '90s children's anime. Let's let's leave oh this show God. and do that. Oh fuck yeah! What if want. we did that? Like, what if we just were like, "Hey, there's only five minutes left in the episode, but we're gonna go fucking out <laughs> and watch Pokemon, the original movie." Hell yeah! 
We want to see Pikachu bitch slapping himself <laughs> to the prize. <laughs> oh my god. So there's, I think there's like, I don't know if it's real. I don't know what the circumstances are. I don't know if the voice actress just went back and did this, but like, you know, when Ash gets turned into stone and like falls to the ground mm-hmm. and then there's a shot of Misty, <laughs> somebody put it in so that she's like, my bike. <laughs> I I think it's the original voice actress. I don't know if she, like, went back in and, like, dubbed over it or something, but, like, it's fucking amazing. I feel like you could find a My My Bike bike. audio somewhere else and, like, put it in there for sure. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) God. Oh, God. I remember the first time I got... Just talking about other Pokemon movies. The first time that I actually got the line when they, like, did the big reveal in the movie with Lugia, where they were like, and the world will turn to ash, and all of a sudden you're like... Ash Ketchup! Like, I remember getting that big reveal and being, like, in awe. Oh, my God. God. I was probably, like, God, I had to be in my early mid-teens for sure when that movie came out. But it was just like, what? They meant Ash Ketchup? Duh! How did I not get oh that? Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yes. Now it's like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I should have seen that coming. I love that movie so much. Like, as just a yeah. movie, it's just so good, and like that musical number at the end is like one of my favorite pieces of music of all time. Like it's so legitimately good. You mean as opposed to Weird Al Yankovic's Pokemon? Pokemon, everybody, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to party for Ponyta and <laughs> whatever. I don't even remember it, but fuck yeah, it's so good. Oh. God. <laughs> Fucking amazing. So we talked about Pokemon. Oh my god. Love Pokemon. Oh, me too. Me too. Okay. <laughs> let's let's finish this off, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Marco closes his eyes and he hits the button on the left. Luckily that was the right button. It zooms away from the mothership. Visor 3 looks mad. Visor 1's like, I'm not surprised, and continues to stroke her flowers. And then she kind of stops and looks at her hands. And then just leaves. Like, oh man, it was so good. Yeah, that was a great moment. I actually watched, like, rewound it and watched it twice because I just really enjoyed her face work in that mm-hmm. moment. It's just, it, oh, it's so good. Like, there are good parts of this show. Yes, there, it's all the actors. Yeah, they're all doing great. You're doing great and I love them. Uh-huh. Me too. Uh, they are back at the barn. It is hours later. Cassie is like, we should go look for them. Rachel says they could be anywhere. Um, and then they hear a voice. They hear Jake say, why did we have to land in a swamp? They round the corner and the boys are covered in Nickelodeon slime. It, oh my God. I was dying when they're like, we landed in a swamp and I'm like, but then why are you covered in fucking like slime goo? Like what the fuck? It was, it was straight up Nickelodeon goo. Yeah. They stopped at the Nickelodeon studio to play, figure it out (laughs) before coming back to the barn. That's what took them so long. Like the swamp landing was many hours before that. Yeah. They're like, why aren't the boys back yet? And they're like, well, we had to play a fucking game yeah. and try to win some money or like a speedboat or whatever the fuck they gave kids back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. God. Also, Sean had like a piece of slime in his ear and it was really upsetting. Oh, no. Ew. I was very distracted Ew. by it. Ew, Sean. Ew, Sean. Ew. It's in your ear, Sean. <laughs> anyway, Cassie's pumped. She's like, Jake! 
And Marco is chopped liver, apparently. She doesn't give a fuck about him. Um, <laughs> Axe looks fucking astonished. He's like, oh my fucking god, you guys are alive. And yeah. they thank him for saving them, and Axe is just like, you're welcome. Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> Love Paulo's face work here. Um, he did so good. Yeah, he did. Cassie's grinning like an idiot and glowing. And I loved it. I know. And Rachel's like, ooh, someone's happy. And Cassie's like, dude, not cool. Fucking feeling the friendship. <laughs> it's great. It's perfect. I love it. Ship it. Ugh. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. And Marco's like, aw, you miss me, Rachel. And he goes in for a hug. And Rachel's like, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that, too. Yeah. This honestly was, like, these were all great interactions. They were. <sighs> and then I'm, I get confused because Cassie's like, I'm glad you're back. And she stares at Jake and then she runs away like a fucking 12 year old. And then she comes. I, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, she's running away because she's embarrassed. Like she said the thing that was embarrassing yeah. and then she turns and runs. But that's not what this was. Right. They faked this out again. They did for no reason, though. This one was. Pointless. It was so dumb. So it's like she comes back with these blankets, I guess. I think they're blankets. I don't know. It cut away before I could really establish what they were. I thought it was like plaid shirts. Yeah, it was like, like change into the like, change I into these Sherlock Holmes costumes. Like what? Right. Um, and then to the holodeck, we're going to have a Sherlock Holmes <laughs> off. What? What? Um, uh. but she's like, here, put these on. They're dry. And then everyone just kind of stares at her like she's a fucking freak. And then she's like, I guess I can find some cleaner ones. And then they all kind of nod. But like, what? How are we supposed to know they were dirty? What even were they? I'm so confused. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. I I was fucking baffled. At this point, I was like, fuck it. Just continue. Like, who cares? We're almost done. So much as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's two minutes. Like, get out of here. Um, so she and Rachel walk out of the barn. Axe steps up to Jake and kind of, like, pats his arm very awkwardly and then follows the girls. And I just loved it. I loved that, too. Everything he does is perfect and amazing. I, I really love the idea of, like, Axe being, like, not that I always love this trope, but I just love the idea of Axe always, like, being on the girls' team or, like, going with the girls. And I know that that's usually reserved for, like, in a very troubling way, the gay friend in quotation yeah. marks. And I love that, like, he's not that. He's just, like, the dude that always goes with the girls, too. Yeah. I just really enjoy that. And I like Tobias, too, like, being like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the guys, right? <laughs> bird, but I'm one of the I'm guys. Like, I just. Right. And there's, like, not a lot to support that going on in the TV show. It's just kind of a thing that I've created in my mind sure. that I just kind of enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I just love everything about the, yeah. the kids. The kids are so good. Not about anything else, just the kids. No, everything else sucks, but the kids are great. Because one's fine. Um, yeah, oh yeah, that's <laughs> well, the actors are great is what I should yep, say. Yep, yep. So Jake goes to follow them, and Marco kind of pulls him aside, and he doesn't want the others to know about his mom, not yet anyway. And mm-hmm. Jake says, we're going to get her back. And Marco has this just beautiful smile this just kind of like it was one of those smiles that like started before he kind of realized he was doing it and i just i oh my god i love it i love it so much 
I honestly noticed the exact same thing, oh. and I was like, he just looks so like genuinely adorable. Happy and- yeah, genuinely like genuine and adorable. Yeah, that was oh, force is so good. So yeah, then they leave. They get the hell out of the barn. Marco tells Jake he stinks. <laughs> adored. Um, I, I liked that too. Now we're in Marco's house and. He's clean now, so we assume this is at a later date. His dad's covering his eyes, and they're walking in. Um, and he walks him up to the wall that they painted and opens his eyes, and the, the turkey handprint is framed on the wall. So you were right about that. Yay, I remembered a thing. Yay! I, I love Marco's <laughs> dad. He's like, I put it up for posterity. And Marco's like, thanks, Dad. And they, and they have a nice little hug. And then Marco's dad is like, your mom's probably watching us from up there and she's really proud of you. And I love this. I love this so much. Cause like Boris kind of looks up and it's like, I think Marco's dad was talking about heaven, but like Marco knows she's up there in space right now. So it's like a double entendre. Yes. I loved it so much. I loved that as well. I thought that was really adorable. Oh my God. The show is capable of good things. It is. Ugh, why can't it be good all the time? Ugh. Um, so Marco's dad goes off to make breakfast. Marco has a monologue about how everything has changed now that he knows his mom and he's going to get her back, blah, blah, blah. There's a knock on the door. It's the Animorphs. Sand acts and Tobias. Um, and they were like, we meant to ask you yesterday, how do you tell the difference between a horse and a fish? And they all started laughing awkwardly, which I fucking hated. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut away and never fucking answer the riddle. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. So I didn't Google the answer. Did you Google the answer? I did not. I did not. Did not. Should we just leave it a mystery? I think so. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) If you know the answer, (laughs) keep it to yourself. Write it. (laughs) Keep it to yourself. If you know the answer, fuck right off. (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit. So, yeah, that's what happened. Uh. It is. Yeah. And now it's time to talk about what we individually liked about all the characters that appeared in the show, which was everybody but Tobias. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> For what reason? I'm not sure, except I don't think they had any animals or morphs at all, so they must have been out of budget. They, they had the lizards, but yeah. that's They did have the Those things are $5. <laughs> they are the cheapest so, morph. Yes. Uh. The hawks cost more. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you want to go into a last thought before I force you to talk about all of our kids? I mean, I, I've said all I needed to say, I think. I That's, yeah, I was feeling the same. Oh, Christ. All right. Let's talk about Jake and Sean and how fucking cute he, he is. He is. He's great. <laughs> and, like, I know I kind of brushed over the scenes where he and Marco were, like, screaming at each other. But, like, I just, yeah. I, I really liked the way he acted those scenes. Like, yeah, ah. yeah, I agree. Like he's, he is just such a good actor. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I mean, I was watching him in uh, one of the X-Men movies the other day, one of the later ones that's happened more recently. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow, he's like, he's grown as an actor since Animorphs. But I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it just, he, he settled it took him a longer time to settle into this role. And I think he's really, really good. And he's like, I think finally kind of coming into his own in this show. Uh-huh. 
And I really liked him in this episode a ton yeah. because of that. Yeah. Aww. And he had moments that I was like, oh, wow, that's like surprisingly a lot like Jake from the books, which I feel like he's another character that's different enough that I don't think he is the same character as the book character. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, there's a few instances like when he was saying to Marco, like, listen, we got to go because you have to stay alive to come back for your mm-hmm. mom. And he was just playing it exactly like book. Jake, yeah, and I really liked that. For sure. <sighs> that's why they call this so episode good. the leader i guess the leader part two yeah so yeah he the, he gets fives from me. absolutely agree sean jake sean jake, mm-hmm. sean jake five <laughs> uh let's talk about rachel <laughs> <laughs> so wonderful just oh my, oh god. my god just so good <laughs> just the wrench the scene. wrench scene. the fucking she got to smash it. She did. Oh god. And she was so fucking delighted to do it. She was! Mm. I Oh. She just makes me so happy. <laughs> She's a little force of destruction and, and brilliance she, and I love her. She is I just love it when Brooke really embodies her and is oh like Oh my god, she does. Ass. <laughs> I still cannot believe it took me so long to get on board with Rachel. Like I'm so ashamed. I get it. No, I I get it. (sighs) I really get it. Rachel is like coffee. Like, the first time you try it, it's kind of like, ugh, I don't know about this. But then it becomes essential to your lifeblood moving forward. (laughs) 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 And you always look forward to having it. (sighs) Anyway, that's my metaphor. I love it. It's great. Fives. And I, too, can't live without coffee. So, yeah, fives for me. No Tobias, so we get to skip over him. Sad. Sorry, Christopher, 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 Christopher. <laughs> Still got that in there, though. Still got Yay. it in. Still got it in the episode, so bingo that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So Cassie, Nadia. Oh, at the end, she was just so excited to see Jake. And, like, oh, man. I know they've been, like, hinting at their relationship for a while, but I just... This is, I know, but I loved the overt teasing from rachel like that really brought it out for me i loved it yeah and god yeah it just i really just felt their friendship so much and like they took turns kind of like consoling each other in the vents and and i like how they were just figuring out the shit with the candrona and they both just played their parts so beautifully and I really liked the switch back from the last episode where it like almost felt like Rachel and Cassie's lines were switched. Yeah. And this one really felt more like they were they were in their normal Yeah, roles. for sure. Absolutely agree. Fives me. Oh, yeah. Fives. Let's talk about Boris slash Marco. Oh, my God. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. He just, he gets a five for me just for his smile lighting up his face at the yeah. end there. Just for just that for scene, that. that's five worthy. And I love He's just oh, God. And we got to see him all mad and and we mm-hmm. got to see him like mocking Jake and acting kinda cool and oh man, we got the full range and he just did so good. Yeah. I mean I'm I I'm never surprised when he does really well. Yeah. I just like I d I don't know, it's like this weird like this is going to sound so creepy, but I just get this weird, like, almost, like, parental feeling of I'm just so proud of him <laughs> for doing such good work. And, like, I don't know. Like, oh, man, you did so good. Yeah, he's just, 
He's just so great. Yeah. <sighs> Obviously, fives, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, that, absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about X. My boy. Paolo. My boy. Your My boy. boy. He's great. He's he amazing. Great. He didn't have much to work with, and he did good. He did. And he made that face. <laughs> he made the poop face. <laughs> That is a problem. But. <laughs> God, it's just seeing him on the expanse, just like playing a normal, sort of like boring dude, is just astonish, astonishing whiplash compared <laughs> to playing this fucking cartoon character that is Axe. Like, I like truly don't know how I would feel seeing him playing just like a normal guy. I, it feels like two different people, honestly. Like. <laughs> Ah, I don't know. It's weird. It's bizarro. It's super bizarro. Like, maybe I've even seen him acting in other things, but just never connected that it was him just because of yeah. how different he Absolutely. Is. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, obviously I love him to death. Fives. Yeah, obviously Five, fives 5, as well. I don't... I don't know that we've given the kids anything less than five in. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe once. Maybe or once twice, we gave but... Jake like a three. Like early on when we yeah. didn't necessarily realize that we were just going to love them forever. I feel like we still gave Sean a five, though, even when we gave Jake a three. <laughs> <laughs> this is less like character rankings and more like us pointing out things that we really liked about what the characters and actors did. I'm not going to lie to you. This this segment of the podcast has always, for me, been about just talking up things I loved that the characters <laughs> did in the books or shows specifically. Right, because even if the characters do something that we don't agree with or like or think is out of character, like, I'm inclined to not blame the characters. I'm inclined to blame whoever fucking made that mistake. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. So, like, whenever Cassie did something in the books that a ghostwriter did, I was inclined to blame the ghostwriter for not, like, you know, doing a good job or whatever. Like, Don't blame our children, our perfect our children. children. We're the problem parents. Our kids are the ones bullying others at school, and we're like, not my perfect Johnny! <laughs> he wouldn't do that! <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, no. Alright, well, should we, uh, should we wind it down? I think we should. Okay. Well, if you have any observations about the characters that you loved and wanted to point out to us, I will gladly take those at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. And what if you don't have an email address because you're a psycho killer, I guess? <laughs> well, that's okay. You can tweet at me at anonymousanonymous. <laughs> you can Instagram me at anonymous. And if you don't have either of those, you must have Facebook. So you can hit me up there on the Animorphs Anonymous page or join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. And that's their socials. That is our socials. <laughs> and if you don't have email or socials, but you still somehow exist online and... You- Jesus Christ, you psychopath. <laughs> do we want psychopaths <laughs> rating it? Yeah, we okay. do. If they, if they want to tell us about adorable and wonderful things the characters did, and you're a psychopath, I'll still accept okay. you. Yeah, as long as, as you're an Animorphs fan, and not Yeah, a of Nazi. course. 
<laughs> if you hate David, you are welcome in my life. <laughs> um, anyway, we also have a Discord. Uh, we chat with other Animorphs fans. Everyone's really cool. And uh, if you want the link to that, you should hit us up on one of our socials. But if you can't, then I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Send me a carrier pigeon. Oh, yeah. But then you'll just have another <laughs> pigeon. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Oh god! Take care of your pigeon. Oh no! I heard that. I'm so sorry. Holy shit! Well, uh, before Casey tears down the rest of her studio, uh, can you tell me about the comics that I clearly you'll no longer be producing now that your desk is destroyed? (laughs) Oh god! Well, assuming I can fix all the shit that I just ruined. I make and draw a webcomic, and it is called... Not anymore. (laughs) Sorry. Continue. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, I will have to fix everything, but I make and draw a webcomic. It's called B-Side You. You can go read that for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U comic.com. Or if you really want to get some early pages and support my artistic endeavors you can go to patreon and and get that going in your life and that is patreon.com slash kcd studios please go read it at least it's 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 what i make with my hands at least read it but i also recommend becoming a patreon so you can see things i believe you're 103 days in advance oh my god I think that was the last count I got, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Sometimes I think I should update to, like, two pages a week, but then I'm like, as soon as I do that, I'm probably gonna, like, have some kind of upheaval in my life that will cause me to just eat through my entire oh, backlog. So we're still at one page a week sure. for public right now. For sure. That's smart. Uh, yikes. Very smart. Anyway, I heard through the grapevine that you are an accidental third host on another podcast. Can you please tell me about that immediately? I will tell you about that. The grapevine did not steer you wrong this time. (laughs) I am an accidental third host on a podcast called From Cadmus to Crisis. This is the Superboy podcast where I am slowly becoming an expert on Superboy. Any day now, I'll know anything. I just learned about his tactile TK the other day, and during the podcast, which we do on video, so sometimes leads to delightful interactions that no one can see but us, uh, (laughs) David or Drew, one of the two, said, who the fuck doesn't know about tactile TK at this point? And I slowly raised my hand. (laughs) This is the first time learning about it. Oh, no. (laughs) Just... Just because I host a podcast and pretend to know shit doesn't mean I do. Um, So, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, probably right around this time is when the Christmas episode came out, which was a special Alpha Centurion episode. And it's a one-off. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to listen to anything we said before or after. (laughs) Just go enjoy that one. It's wonderful. Yay! That's that's from Camus to Crisis, and it's with Drew and David, who did our Alternomorphs episode, and Drew from our Megamorphs in the Time of the Dinosaur episode. Hooray! And he's usually less drunk on Superboy. Oh. Usually. Not always. <laughs> Wee! Uh, oh, shit. Well, now's the time in the podcast where we have to hit a button, and there's a 50-50 chance it'll stop. It might just erase everything we just did. So. Oh, no! 
<laughs> but you know what? Playing with fire. <laughs> We're playing with fire, but I, I trust you. I trust in the heart of the cards. I think you'll hit the right button, Casey. All right. Let's find <laughs> out. Here we go. All right. Ah! Ah! <laughs>